This episode of Being a Dad on Purpose is brought to you by the Fitness Rebellion. The Fitness Rebellion is a great place to go to get your coaching tips on being healthy, a great place to go to get some great um, fitness gear, and it's a great resource to be the healthiest dad that you can be. TheFitnessRebellion.com is where you'll go. And if you go right now and you sign up for a consultation, a great way to learn more about your fitness goals, uh, you can sign up and in the reference code box, just put B-A-D-O-P for being a dad on purpose. That's B-A-D-O-P as a reference code. and You'll get 10% off any coaching uh, package you receive. So, hey, enjoy that. Sign up now at thefitnessrebellion.com. Now, let's go to our show. Welcome to the Being a Dad on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Benavides. And today we are um, having our financial time, our financial conversation with Jim Uren from Phase 3 Advisory Services. He's a certified financial planner professional, um, and I am excited to have him on. And today we are going to be talking about life insurance. What what are the, What's the difference in the policies? Why, why do we even need it? What are the pros and the cons? And Jim is going to give us his wisdom, his insight, his direction on some things. And, um, and again, Hopefully you find it beneficial. So Jim, thank you for joining us again today. Thank you, Bobby. It's always always fun to be here. Yeah, well, it's excited to have you on again. Um, so hey, let's let's get to it. Um, you know, I have I had one uh, person in our in our dad being a dad on purpose uh, Facebook group. He shared that he was interested in learning about term and uh, and and um, whole life insurance, but you said that you refer to that as permanent or kind of it's a, so we're, we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, so we're gonna talk about what what is the necessity of life insurance? Um, why should we have it? Is it beneficial? Is it pros and cons? What are the different types and how do they work? How does it work? So I, I'm looking forward to having that conversation with you today. Great, great. So let's talk about that. Yeah, do you want me just to jump in? Just jump on in. Why okay. Not? <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. So uh, obviously life insurance is to uh, uh, cover a risk that you likely already have as a, as a dad. Uh, and that risk is of course dying too soon. And so uh, in the event of a death of you or your spouse, uh, it's quite likely that there would be a loss of income from which you had been working and often likely an increase in some expenses. It's very difficult for a single parent to do everything that two people did. And so it's not uncommon after a death uh, when there's children at home and stuff that uh, you know, you've know you gotta outsource some stuff, whether it's you know lawn care or childcare needs go up, et cetera. And so the life insurance is really there to protect your family in the event of your premature death. Now I've worked with folks I've worked with a number of folks who've had their spouses pass away. And I can tell you, life is very different when there has been a, a good size life insurance policy in place compared to when there wasn't. And um, at that point, obviously, it's too late. So I'm a big believer in getting the right kind of life insurance uh, for your family. 
It's good. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, from my wife and I, we, we, we talk about that all the time, even though it sounds morbid, but I think it's like, yeah. you know, I, I was always a fear, fearful of like making a will, you know, and doing all that stuff. And we spoke about wills and all that stuff recently. And so, you know, but it was always like something I was like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. And that means I have to admit the fact that there's a potential of me dying, right? Um, but we do want to be prepared. We want to make sure that our kids are in a good position and, and our family's in a good position in the um, unfortunate circumstance of us dying too soon, as you said. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely important for us to be prepared. So, um, so let's talk about the different types then, because, um, you know, we talk about term and whole, I don't even know the difference. Um, you know, I'm so, so I'm looking forward to hearing about this um, from you. Sure. Absolutely. You can think about um, most life insurance we can put into one of two broad categories. Uh, one, of course, is term. And the other is what I call permanent. The difference basically is in a term policy, you're basically purchasing insurance for a specific period of time. Uh, after which that policy either goes away or maybe they start increasing those premiums to astronomical levels. And they each are different tools that can serve a different purpose. For most people, term insurance, if you have young children at home, is going to be an important part of your life insurance strategy. The advantage of it is it's much cheaper than, than a permanent policy. That's because, for example, if you're a dad who's 30 and you buy a 20-year term life insurance policy, it's far more likely that at the end of that 20 years, you'll still be alive, right? And so because of that, that policy is cheaper. Now, if you were to buy a permanent policy, of which there are several types, the most common are whole life and universal life. Those policies basically are designed to last your entire life. So if you live to be 105 and then die, that benefit will be paid out. So the insurance company knows at some point they're likely going to have to pay out a death benefit. And so what they have to do is they have to charge you a much higher premium. And that's because they keep the premiums level. And so they got to charge you more on the front end, even though it might not be that expensive to insure a 30-year-old, uh, because they also have to make sure that when you're 90, which is your odds of dying are much higher, uh, that they still have enough money that they've gotten from you to pay out that death benefit. So those are the two broad categories of uh, life insurance. Do you want to get into when you might use each? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so as I said, term insurance is really, you get the biggest bang for your buck. And so um, it's most common for people with children, uh, sometimes uh, even couples starting out without children, because you can get a pretty decent sized policy for fairly little premium. Of course, it's all dependent on your, your health. But, you know, typically when you're, when you're pretty young, you know, under, in your 20s and 30s, uh, you can pick up a policy pretty inexpensively. And for most life insurance needs, I do recommend term insurance. The reason is because um, if you plan properly, you really shouldn't actually need life insurance your whole life, right? So right. Um, when we have clients retire, their need for life insurance is very minimal, if not zero. Because uh, if they've saved for retirement and now they can stop working, you know, in the event of their death, they're not giving up any earned income uh, and their assets are still there, all their retirement savings for their spouse to use. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons I'm a big believer in term insurance is because it, it accomplishes the job and it accomplishes it at a much lower cost. Okay. Now, so when would you use a permanent policy? 
Well, there are two main situations in which I recommend that. And I won't get into the, the nitty gritty of each of these, but just to give you an overview. One is your wealth is extremely high and it's quite likely that without proper planning, you would have a large estate tax that's gonna have to be paid upon your death. And we can accomplish a lot with uh, proper legal planning along with life insurance in those situations. The second, probably the most common situation for most people is if you have a pension plan through your employer that you're going to start receiving when you are retired. Obviously, those who have pension plans are much smaller today than they used to be, but still a number of uh, government and local employees, state and government and local municipality employees have uh, pension plans. And so what happens is uh, when that person goes to retire, they're given usually two choices. They're given a choice of what they call a single life annuity. In other words, you know, Bobby, you've worked for us for 30 years. We're going to send you, you know, $5,000 a month for the rest of your life. Um, but if you die, you know, that goes away. Well, you say, hey, I'm, I'm married. I would need to make sure something is provided for my spouse. And they would say, yes, we can also pay her as long as she's living. But instead of sending you $5,000 a month, we're only going to send you $4,400 a month because that covers the extra risk of now basically insuring two lives. Okay. Now, what most people don't realize in that scenario is that if you give up, in your case, $600 a month in order to provide a benefit for your spouse, you have just purchased life insurance, even though it doesn't feel like it, right? Um, and so what you can do is if you're in good health, you can see if actually the insurance is cheaper to get through an insurance company directly versus through the pension plan. And so, again, I won't get into all the pros and cons of that, but those are two scenarios where uh, permanent policies, I think, are the most effective and it's important to have them uh, in place because we need them to pay out no matter how long the client lives. Okay. So, um, in one of the things you said, whole life and universal. So, what, what are the differences between a whole life and a universal? Because, um, I mean, is there a difference? Is there, I mean, is it just different terms? Yes, there, there is a difference. And I'll kind of outline the broad differences, but each company can kind of put their own spin on it. Whole life insurance is typically going to be the most expensive of those two. And what that is, is it's often a situation where you purchase a policy and you pay a certain premium every month for the rest of your life or until you reach age 100. And then when you're at that age 100 or you die, you get that death benefit. And whole life is usually um, guaranteed. You don't have to worry about, you know, the market's going up or down. As long as you pay your premium, it's guaranteed. And it generally builds up a good amount of cash flow. So in other words, when you're on, in those younger years, you're sending in your premium, they don't need all of that money actually to cover insurance costs. They're gonna take the bulk of it and they're gonna basically have it invested. And so as you get older and you put more and more money into these policies, you have a cash value in that policy that builds up that you can actually either cancel the policy and take it out and spend it. You can borrow against it. Now there's different tax implications for all of these. So you obviously wanna consult your, your tax preparer, but that's the idea. And a whole life policy, if your goal is to really kind of build up a large amount of savings, a whole life policy is what tip, excuse me, people would typically use. Okay. Universal life, my understanding is it came out uh, later than the whole life. And it basically tries to blend a little bit of term insurance in there. And so the premium for universal life policies tend to be a little less 
than whole life. So you can usually get it cheaper, um, but they tend not to build up as much of that cash value. So for example, in the case uh, of a pension, we're not really trying to build up a lot of cash value. We're trying just to provide a death benefit that will pay out no matter what. And so we would maybe often more likely use a universal life policy to keep those premiums low just because we're more concerned about the death benefit. So um, those are those are the two broad outlines. And, and obviously there's all sorts of uh, um, uniquenesses to each of those in each company's policies. Okay. So I guess then, um, because when we think about life insurance and we think about what can, you know, the benefits, the pros, the cons, you know, we, we look at it a lot of times where, okay, well, like, like for me, for instance, like if my, my employer says, Hey, I'll go ahead and hook you up with, you know, you have a certain amount of money for your life insurance for, you know, through us. Awesome. Now, again, for me, I'm like, okay, I, like, I don't know if I'm going to die anytime soon, but it's like, I have invested in this. And now when I, am done working. Like I've, I've had this life insurance policy through my work and now like, what was the point? Um, but the reality of it is, is that it, it is a preparation. It is something to be considering for the future. And so taking advantage of those opportunities, right? So if your employer does offer life insurance, mm-hmm. we should take it. I mean, that, am I, am I right on that? I mean, that, that sounds like a good, a good thought in my mind. Should, should we always take it? Should we not? Like, how does that work? Uh, in terms of through your employer, it's always something you should consider. Now, it's not uncommon because of the way the tax code is written that some employers will offer like a $50,000 death benefit to you with really no, no extra cost to you. Uh, that obviously you take. However, uh, it's not uncommon for companies where you can purchase additional insurance. And the advantage of that is that there's usually no underwriting, meaning that you usually, you, you usually do not have to fill out an application, uh, give them your height and weight and health history and all that. It will just be issued automatically. That's the advantage of it. The disadvantage is that um, those policies often actually are far more expensive than if you just went out and, and got an insurance policy on your own partly because there is no underwriting. So what do I say? If I've got a client that I'm working with and I know they've got a lot of poor health history, that's going to make it very difficult for them to get their own insurance policy. I tell them to buy as much as they can through their employer because we know we can get it. But vice versa, if I've got clients who are in uh, pretty decent health, uh, even average health often, uh, we encourage them to just go out and purchase a regular insurance policy and it's quite likely that they'll be able to keep the premiums uh, much less. It'll also, uh, a job change will not affect them at all. And the premiums typically on, a, on a, let's say a term policy do not increase. Whereas often your employer insurance, it often will go up uh, every year or often every fifth year as you, you know, as you get older. So, so those are some of the, uh, you know, the reasons that it's worth looking into. So it's important first to establish your, your, how much you need. And we can talk about that too, if that's helpful, Bobby. Yeah, I think that would be. I think, okay. I think, I think many times we don't know. I think that, um, you know, we just kind of see a good number and we say, well, I mean, like that sounds all right, but like, you know, we don't know what, what is the best way to calculate how much we should need? There's three approaches that you can take. Um, and they each go up in complexity, but they each also go up in, um, the value of the information. So the first option is just rule of thumb and people have different rules of thumb. So sometimes people will say, 
you should get uh, five times your salary, or sometimes some say 10 times your salary, some say seven times your salary. But, you know, the advantage of this way to do it is it's a pretty simple formula, right? You can just mm -hmm. multiply your annual salary and figure out that's how much you can get. Um, so it's easy. The disadvantage is it's quite, it's quite um, likely that you will end up overbuying insurance or underbuying insurance because your salary doesn't actually fully get at what your, your need is. And often uh, it also would be affected by your age. So if you're 23 and you've got a child and you just buy seven times your salary, quite likely that money would run out well before that child reaches adulthood. So there's some drawbacks to that. The second option is income replacement, where you actually figure out and do some more in-depth calculations. Say, okay, how much insurance would I need to replace my income between now and let's say the time I would have reached 65? And so you, you kind of have to do some of the math on that uh, and figure that out. That's a little bit more complicated, but it gives you a little bit uh, more accurate sense of what you will need. And theoretically, if you do at least replace your income, your family should be okay, right? And so assuming that the income you're earning currently would be enough for your family to continue to live on. The third option, which is the most, um, uh, I would say the most helpful, uh, the most informative, but also the more complicated to handle, and that would be by simply doing what's called a needs analysis. Now, most financial advisors use software to do this. And so what we really look at is we get a sense, we really need to do a full financial plan for somebody. And so we have a sense of, okay, this is how much the client has now. This is how much they need to accomplish their goals. And we purchase the life insurance to fill in those goals. Um, and that's helpful because uh, it's not uncommon. The two mistakes I often see is clients coming in with either not enough insurance or sometimes more insurance than they needed because they followed these rules of thumb. Of thumb. Uh, as an example, uh, let's say, Bobby, that you, um, you and your neighbor have the same income and the mm -hmm. same family situation. And you both do a needs analysis theoretically, we'd say, well, gee, they make the same income. They probably need the same insurance. Well, not so. What if you have $500,000 already in the bank and your neighbor doesn't? Uh, your <clears throat> your neighbor is going to need more life insurance than you are, Bobby, right? So it can right. it depends on a variety of things, how, how set up you are for retirement, et cetera. And so that's the best way to get that uh, life insurance, but it is a little bit more uh, more challenging to calculate. But at the end of the day, get the life insurance. Don't get bogged down in the details. Um, you can always uh, usually change policies. You can always cancel a policy um, and apply for another one. You also have to qualify based on your health, but um, you're not, you're not locked into any insurance. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I think this is great advice. I think that, you know, in, at the end of the day, I think that in, in a previous conversation we've had, it's always about, it's really what the, what the person's comfortable with, you know, at the end, you know, and hopefully they realize how important it is to have, be prepared. Um, and, and maybe you're listening and you're just like me in the sense of like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to even think about me dying. Listen, we have to, <laughs> I mean, when you have children to play, you know, when you are trying to make sure that your kids are safe, your family's prepared, like, because you never know anything could happen, anything could happen. And we've seen that in the, especially in this past year, you know, with, I mean, with the pandemic, with, um, you know, different things occurring in the world where you can just be like, man, anything can happen. Are you prepared? Are you, 
are your is, is your family in a position where they're they're protected and that they're ready for whatever might come um, and life insurance is just a great way to go and so you know this these different these different types term whole universal um, term or permanent as you say you know I think it's it's important for us to know the difference is for for us to do the work and I'm going to put this out there and you can correct me if I'm wrong um, but <laughs> The, the third one, a needs analysis. Someone can come to someone like you for that something like that. Am I correct? Yes. Yep. So if you are listening and you're like, man, I think I should do a needs analysis. Well, Jim, you're in, could be a person that you can contact and ask some questions and then he can help you out. So again, you can look in our show notes, um, a way to connect with him and um, you know, phase three advisory services because they do have some great resources for you. And, um, and I mean, the guy's on here sharing some great wisdom. So he knows what he's talking about. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'll just say, I'm gonna plug him, go for it. <laughs> but, um, but Jim, I thank you so much for this information because honestly, like I said, I didn't know it all. Um, I was like, I can't wait to hear this because you know, I just hear life insurance. I'm like, okay, but I don't get it. But this is great information and to know I, I believe at this point in time, I, I am good, but um, I'm going to have to go back and look it over and, um, and and make sure that we that we have the right stuff because I want to make sure my, my family's safe. And so so I thank you. Thank you for this information. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Always a good time. Yeah. Well, again, hey, um, you're listening to the Being a Dad on Purpose podcast. And, you know, just this information alone, I, I think that is, is enough um, to, to benefit from. But if you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, comment, do whatever you have to do, because um, it's great to have other people involved in the conversation. And again, at Being a Dad on Purpose, our goal is not to make best dads in the world, because it's not possible. But we want you to be the best dads you can be for your kids right now. And so, um, in a way, making sure that you're protected, life insurance is in the game, it's a good way to be a good dad. <laughs> so, so make sure you're prepared. All right, with that, um, we'll talk to you later. Bye.